Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and with me today is Rich Horn, um, a guy who is uh, the keeper of an important part of Ninja Turtles history. Um, so I guess to give a little background, and correct me if I'm wrong on anything here, uh, I was at, we were Granite Con in, of tw- Granite Con 2022 in October, was it? Or yeah. August? Okay, October. And uh, there was- I think it's September. September. Was it September? Of course, yeah, I guess yeah. one month that's not. Yeah. Um, and there was this awesome display of issue one of the Ninja Turtles, like the original negatives, I guess is the right word. Or no, is that not the right word? It is. It's the oh, original cool. 40 uh, printing negatives. That's right. Yeah. And they were all like beautifully displayed on a light board and like tape, like uh, put up and, 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 and basically it was the original negatives from it was it the first printing of the ninja turtles first issue or it's first and second printings actually oh wow um, yeah yeah there's a, a lot of um a lot of uh investigation that went into proving that um of course because it's um it's it's tricky to authenticate something like that but that's uh right up my alley so Cool. So for, I guess to, with that to start, who are you and why is this up your alley? Like, how did this uh, come to under your radar at all? So, Well, so I'm a, a Ninja Turtles uh, collector. Um, I started collecting, um, started reading the comics back in uh, 1985. So I'm I'm one of the uh, original, um, you know, readers. So I didn't uh, I didn't get into the hobby later in life i started um collecting when i was um about 12 12 or 13 so um yeah so i i i own uh a collection of all the covers as many you know i'm only missing a couple covers of uh all the ninja turtles uh comic books uh, ever printed cool and so um I started a website uh, maybe about uh, 11 years ago, and uh, I wanted my collection to be out there. So I started uh, started the website, and then um, I went to Free Comic Book Day at Jetpack Comics. I think it was 2013, maybe 20, and and I met Kevin Eastman there. And um, I, I tell you what, we hit it off. Kevin's such a cool guy, and. Um, so we just we started uh, talking and uh, they kind of let me tag along to different uh, different shows. And so I'd, I'd help them out uh, kind of like I think, um, as Kevin calls it, I'm the TMNT historian for them. As uh, Anytime a cover comes up, I know exactly uh, what cover it is. I know what printing it is. If it's an error edition, I, I just I love that stuff. So. Um, and then. uh the negatives kind of, uh, you know, happened by accident. It was uh, something that another uh, fellow collector had acquired. Uh, they were um, posted on eBay. And, you know, it's the type of thing that you just, you're like, okay, this is interesting, but I don't know what this is. And I really wasn't willing at the time to go out on a limb to get them, even though I kind of suspected that they were something important, just the way they looked it seemed odd that someone would make copies of Ninja Turtles number one and make them negatives. Like that's, that seemed to be counterintuitive. You know, you, you normally you'd make a copy and then you go forward. Negatives come before the, the whole process. So, um, and so he bought them and he had them for uh, a couple years, I think. And um, he had, done some comparisons and things and he thought that they might have been used for a third printing um but he w- wasn't really sure and I, I don't think he had done a, a whole bunch of investigation and i had always told him you know if you ever sell those like hit me up and so he decided he wanted some original artwork instead so he um got in touch with me and said hey do you, do you want these negatives i said sure i want to buy them and uh, so got them. And then I spent, I want to say like three months just uh, scouring the negatives. And, and they came in this orange box. Uh, like, like the way you s- saw them all laid out at uh, 
at the GraniteCon exhibit, that that is not how they came. They were folded. They were uh, really kind of rough shape. And uh, but what I started doing was comparing the pages of the actual printed books. And I had a second and third printing available to me. My first printing is slabbed. And so I, I really couldn't get into that one. But I was able to use a fellow collector's images from the first print. So he he has a uh, this, this collector is in the uh, UK. And he sent me pictures of all the pages of his uh, first printing. Um, you know, he he carefully went through it and took uh, pictures of every page. So I had a second printing and third here. And I started with the third printing and you, you just uh, essentially lay it underneath the negatives to see, you know, like do a comparison. And it was obvious like uh, the third printing did not fit. In fact, okay. the third printing, um, all the the size of the book is actually smaller than the second printing just a little bit and um when you have it open the the third printing is like narrower and it's uh kind of offset differently and none of it matches up to the negatives right so the way the negatives are arranged some are upside down and some are right side up and so that that was the first indication that this was used somehow in the print industry but then when i took the second printing and I put that underneath the negatives. The it was a complete wash. So everywhere, you know, a, a negative. I mean, I, I, this is probably obvious, but a negative is the opposite of what's printed on the page, right? It's the negative rendering. So everywhere that you'd see black on the printed page would be white on the negative or clear, right? And if you put the second printing, like you, you just take any page and put it underneath the negatives of that same page it disappears every time perfect exact match so that was the first indicator that uh, it had been used at least in the second printing um but what i did to then um start diving into the first printing was i started trying to find any anomalies on the printed pages themselves that could only have come from these negatives so i started looking for things within the book that would be outside the margins um you know like if, if you have a page art and then you see this like weird mark outside i would start looking to see if that mark could be caused by something on the negatives and every single time i found a weird little mark on the page you could see that there was a little anomaly in the negative whether it was when they stripped the negative, they they didn't um, mask it properly. And so light shined through and that would pr produce a little dark streak that was present. Um, and so I started going through all those uh, type of things. And, and uh, quite honestly, when I compared the second printing and the first printing, they're just identical. They, they are literal uh, exact copies of each other. There's no differences between the first and second printings. Um, on the on the printed pages so that's when i um finally found what i called the smoking gun um negative and it's page 29. so on page 29 um the, in in the lower right corner there's a line of artwork that is supposed to be there and on the negative it's there but whoever stripped the negative used this red lithographer's tape that they used to use to hide imperfections um, they used to mask around the negative itself with that red tape. And then when they shined light through the negative onto the printing plate, that red would mask that uh, and, and wouldn't produce a line, right? So that's the way that they would clean that up. But for whatever reason, there's red lithographer's tape on a line. It's probably about an inch, inch and a half long line. And once you know it, where that red tape is on the negative, it's missing in the first and second printing. It's the only two printings that are missing that line on page 29. Every single reprint that's ever been done of Ninja Turtles number one has that line. That's because only these negatives produced the first and second printings. The rest of the printings were, they, they came from um, like digital scans or a different set of negatives. And then 
that that was literally like i said that, that's the smoking gun i mean there's no nothing else could have caused that line to be missing because it's it's actually on the original artwork you can see it and uh, like i said every printing has that line present so remind me which page is number 29 because i know that i know the first issue but not by page number yeah there's like a there's like a big battle going on and there's some uh, foot clan there and um Let's see if I can. Uh, it's like a rooftop fight. It's not the. It's. I don't think it's the rooftop fight. Let me. Uh, let me quickly uh, take a look here because it's. Um, I think it's the. I don't want to be wrong here. So. Yeah. So it's a. It's a two-page spread. So it's twenty-eight and twenty-nine, and. It's basically the the back of a foot clan um with a sword. Okay. And there's uh let's see, two turtles, there's Donatello and then um it looks like Raphael and uh some other foot clan members. But at the bottom of that artwork, there's um it looks like uh I it's supposed to be a border, right? And so it's on the bottom. The border's all the way across the bottom. And then right at the right page edge where that line goes up, it doesn't connect to the top part of the line. Doesn't connect at all. And it it doesn't you wouldn't really even know it's missing unless yeah. you compared it to other printings. And the original artwork has that line there. So it's a piece of original art, but it's missing from every printed page. There is no first or second printing that I've come across that has that line present. It's missing. And so what, what would cause that to be missing? Well, if you go to the exact negative, that little strip there um, has red tape over it. But not just the red tape. There's a little squiggle in the line. And this is what, I, like, every time I show this to people um, at the exhibit, it, like, blows their mind. Because I have it. I have this little area blown up, and I have this little, uh, like, uh, media help file that I can show people. The squiggle on the tape, so when they ripped the lithographer's tape, right, it just created a weird little squiggle. That squiggle is shown on the printed page. You can see it, <laughs> and it's the inverse of the squiggle on the tape. So where this, so it's exact rendering of what happened. So, it, I mean, it would be impossible to recreate this. This is something that, um, it, it's just so cool. Like, honestly, when I found that, I was like, these are the real deal. Like, this is... And then, and then you start wondering, how how the heck did these survive? Like this is this is an old old set of negatives. Like, so uh, anyway, anyway, I'll I'll shut up about that for now. No, please. I, well, what I wanted to ask you was, do you have uh, what's that word? Oh, that's an antique roadshow word. Um, oh, forget it. I can't. Uh, but like, the, do you know the journey of? Like a when these were created, how like and where they were like where the first issue was published, all that stuff. I do. So the they call it provenance, right? So that's, I, it. that's the word I was looking for. Right. So uh, exactly. So that's what I, I was going to go into. So the the whole provenance then is uh, needs to be established, right? So now that I know these are historically significant, I, I'm I'm pretty much aware of that. But I've got to establish provenance, and I got to figure out where they came from. And the short answer is yes. I actually, um, I, I found where they were printed. So um, the Ninja Turtles number one and two, uh, one, let's see, one and two were printed at the Journal Tribune in Biddeford, Maine. And that was a newspaper. Um, so I started tracing things back through uh, essentially where the guy I got the negatives from bought the negatives. And so... I talked to her. She was a uh, antiques dealer in Florida, and she said that there was a guy that had come in, and um, he had he had uh, said that they had found these negatives in um, someone's someone's home, or you know, and she suspected that this might have been um, the family of the guy who had these. And the interesting part of that was that. Um, she said that they were found up somewhere up north uh, in the northeast. 
and that um, they were brought to her in Florida. I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder how they ended up in Florida, right? And all she could tell me was she thought that that's where the guy ended up retiring, but okay. that he actually lived in the Northeast, right? So you knowing that, um, you know, the Journal Tribune had printed, and I, I had a lot of um, uh, history that I researched to find that out, and a lot of that came from Peter Laird's blog. So... Mm-hmm. Peter Laird has a turtle blog and in there he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love the old emails. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Like no, go ahead. Emails there, like between him and like, my favorite one is where the, the designs of the cartoon are just starting to come in. He's like, well, I don't know what's wrong. They, they made Krang look like some giant baby thing. I yeah. hope they fix it in time. Like it was clearly. <laughs> Yeah, was coming down the pike. It's such a great, I mean, he does. He hasn't kept up with it. And I would say better than a decade or so. But it was a. It, it's still there, and it's fascinating. It's so interesting that. Oh, it is. It, it is a total wealth of information, and yeah. and the thing is, all that information is there, but you have to search it and read through all that. Oh yeah. And, um, so um, I also had some help from um, Fiona, uh, Fiona Russell at Team East. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, she's great. Um, so I talked to her a little bit. I said, do you have any, like, do, do you remember where it was printed? Do you remember, like, um, and then I, I, I had some help from Kevin, too. Um, I was at uh, Kansas City Comic Con or Planet Comic Con. And uh, that's where Kevin first saw these. I brought them out to him uh, before I had them in, in a display. They were still, you know, all in their original um, storage box. And, um, I talked to Kevin, uh, there and I said, do you have, like, do you remember like where, where you guys printed this stuff? And, uh, anyway, long story short, he kind of gave me, um, some, some tips and, and hints of where they thought, cause Kevin saves so much stuff. Like, yeah, he was like, you know what? I could probably go find the original invoice for that. I could find, but he's like, it does ring a bell that I think it was, the Journal Tribune. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to start there. That's where I'm going to um, do, you know, my uh, investigation. So um, it was probably 20. Boy, I, I can't remember now. I want to say 2019, maybe. Okay. Um, Gr- GraniteCon. I took the negatives out to GraniteCon um, to kind of show a few um, uh, just few fans and it wasn't in an exhibit it was just something i was just gonna lay out in the hotel lobby you know and and let everyone uh take a look at it i was there where did you like i don't remember i don't remember if i saw them then i it you know you would have had to know me at the time because it was only people who knew i had the negatives because it really wasn't a huge thing at the time i had written some all the articles on my website about the provenance and how i found them and how i proved that so um, if any, anyone listening wants to, you know, all the backstory, and it is a ton of information, um, on my website, tmnt-ninjaturtles.com, um, I have all the articles um, written about how I, how I acquired them, the full provenance of them, um, the whole history. And it, it's, to me, it's fascinating, um, it, but it is not a quick read. There's a lot of info there. <laughs> Um, so, um, let's see, where was I? Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I got sidetracked. Oh, so I, I was at Granite Con, I think it was 2019, right? And I'm showing these negatives and, um, someone comes up to me. It was a, a, a guy I knew his, his name was Dylan and he's an artist. And he said, uh, you know, where, where did you get that orange box? Like, did did you get that from the uh, Journal Tribune? And I said, because the box says Journal Tribune on it. That That's another reason. It's not like I had to do a ton of sleuthing on that. Sure. <laughs> the box says Journal Tribune. So we figured, but it also says Fireman Calendar on, in addition to TM, TMNT. So <laughs> we're, we're not sure what the Fireman Calendar was, but that must have been Only where they the of this thing. Right. It's, <laughs> So at one point the negatives were probably in with the uh, negatives of some hot fire fireman dudes. <laughs> but um, 
So anyway, so Dylan's Dylan's like, you know what? I saw that when I worked at the Journal Tribune. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I was, uh, I think he was an intern, he said, or he had worked there. And he said, you know what? There was a press operator there. And his name was, I think, Glenn, I think it was his name. And he said, that guy kept the original negatives that they used to print Ninja Turtles number one. And I was like, wait, you, you've seen these at the Journal Tribune? You were there? He's like, yeah, I worked there. And so, so now knowing this guy's name, Chet, I want to say Chet. Maybe it was Chet. I think it was Chet. And uh, so using all that information, I was able to go back and I was able to find who this was, right? So now I knew it went from Chet to um, essentially the antiques dealer in Florida. And then it went from Florida to my friend in Florida who acquired them, another collector, and then to me. So that's the province, right? So, but now we know the press operator, we know um, who saved them, we know why they saved them because they thought it was pretty cool and it was significant. But saving them as they are in their flats and all stripped, just like they you know, were right before they went to plate, is probably one of the most significant finds in comic book history. Like this just doesn't happen. When you talk to any print uh, company, they might retain the negatives themselves, but they take them out of the flats, right? They don't leave them. What are the stripped, flats? Like, I'm, I'm a little like. So the flats are like, um, so it's in, in this case, it's a set of eight negatives, right? And so it's laid out in page sets, right? So when you do printing, if you open the book to the very center page where the staples go through, yeah, right, that page set left and right are the only sets of um, uh, negatives that would be together, right? So, you, so for instance, um, let's uh, I think it's right because the uh, first page and the last page would share and then inward, right? So yeah. page yeah. one and page one and one and forty they go yeah. together, right? And you you've got two and thirty nine and. Right. So but when you go to the middle, that's the only um, one side by side. But when you look at the negatives, they're all arranged in page sets. Right. And so you've got one and 40 next to each other. You've got two and thirty nine. But they're all arranged in a way that's upside down as well, because when you fold that paper on the back of of one and 40, you've got to have two and thirty nine. Got it. Like it's so yeah, if you were right. to. Let's say you disassemble a comic book today, right? You take it, take the yeah. staples out. If you if you then take those printed pages, right, and you look at them without the you know the staple in the middle, when you get to the first few pages, all those wouldn't make sense because um, you you couldn't read it like that. It's yeah. only once they're folded that then there's a one, two, three, four, five, six, right? So the way the negatives are arranged, they were arranged in flats, right? And so it's a big piece of yellow paper, and they called them goldenrod flats. And then they would cut holes in the, that paper, and then they would put the negative behind that paper and, and tape it, right? And they'd tape it, and then they'd cut around so that they could mask only the portion of the artwork that they wanted to show. Well, it's a very manual process back then. This was something that would take hours and hours to do, right? To strip all these negatives and put them in. But then once they're all taped onto this paper, right? So there's, I have, the 40 negatives are in essentially what are five flats. Two of the, uh, one of the flats was cut in half. Someone cut that, um, the last one in half. And that okay. may have been done by the press operators. We think it was because it looks like it, it's two sets of four, and it looks like that was done on, on purpose. We, we don't know why. but um, So essentially, you have four flats of eight negatives arranged. Um, the top are right side up. The bottom are upside down, right? And so when you would go and plate those, you'd plate the um, top two. Let's say the top two images go with the bottom two images. The bottom two are upside down, right? And if you go to my website, there's one of the articles on there. You can download a tiny little PDF of this uh, 
of all 40 negatives. And if you fold it exactly like I tell you to, you'll come out with the tiny little Ninja Turtles number one. Oh, that's cool. I have, yeah. So um, it, it's a fun thing. And it, it shows you how the printing industry works. Because when you print this out, it looks like just a bunch of like upside down images. It's all weird. Like you got some right side up. But if you take those and literally just fold it like I instruct you, and then you cut it, there you go. You got Ninja Turtles number one, tiny little version. And that's how they would have made their uh, original. Again, another thing that proves that the way these are arranged, the way they're all stripped in their flats, um, is, you know, proof of, of their use in the making of the first and second printings. Sure. The, um, why did they print them up in Maine when they were in New Hampshire at the time? So, um, it seems like they, they were looking around for someone who could uh, print the interiors and they just came across like uh, the journal tribune, right? Like it was a fairly big paper back then. Mm. And you know, they may not have had, had, uh, excuse me, they may not have had anybody in Dover that they knew, or I'm not totally sure the reason I know they only had the money from their uncle Quentin, right. Or from Kevin's uncle Quentin. Um, so they would have had to probably find the cheapest place to do it as well. And of course, the cover wasn't printed there. Right. That was um, elsewhere, right? That was printed elsewhere. And I, I think uh, I think I have that recorded um, where the cover was made. But um, it was joined later, right? Because the Journal Tribune couldn't print color. Um, so they, you know, they printed the interiors. And that's why the negatives for the cover um the the four cover images the inside and exterior don't exist because they weren't created at the journal tribune so you know chet would have no way to have saved those is chet the chet uh no actually he's not like in that funny like that when i told kevin that um he was like what he's like the guy's name was chet and let me i'm going to verify that because I thought that was too weird of a coincidence, right? It's very like, strange. So, so for, but, I mean, I'm sure old school Mirage fans know this, but the name Chet was hidden everywhere all over the comic. And what, that was a reference to, remind me, I'm sorry. Chet was the, uh, in the comics? Yeah, like they hid the name Chet, like on store windows and things like that. Who was right, that? Like it, it was a reference. And I think Kevin said that Chet was just something... Like they knew a guy named Chet and they, they used that. Um, I'm going to, I'm looking for right now. I'm looking so for the history file I got. Yeah. His name was Chet Garen. Is that not crazy? That is so strange. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, so he was, uh, he worked at the Journal Tribune. Um, he's since passed away. Um and so that's what we believe uh, happened was that um, Chet just retained these, thought they were cool. And uh, anyone who's ever worked at uh, the Journal Tribune that I've found and talked to will say, heck, yeah, we knew Chet. And Chet would always want to show people the Ninja Turtle makers. Like that was something <laughs> like he he loved showing. people. That's cool. Um, and again, like my my friend Dylan, he's like, yeah, I worked there. I saw him. He's like, I saw him in that orange box. And I was like, exactly. That's what they came in. They came in this like uh, orange uh, box that they used to have the printing plates in. It's crazy. So how did you then, uh, so once you got it all figured out, when did you turn this into like, because it's like a museum quality exhibit now. It's beautiful. Like, so when did you, yeah, thank you turn it into that? Like, when did that start? Was the Granite Con the first time you did that? Um, so the first time they debuted in their uh, light boxes um, was uh, just this last September at uh, GraniteCon, right? Um, I wanted their debut to be out east. I mean, it's it's kind of important to me that a lot of this history is, um, you know, I want all the fans to see it, but I, I really wanted it to debut out east because you know Jetpack Comics is is huge in the history of. Uh, of turtles you know ralph di bernardo like, yeah i had ralph on the podcast he's great oh dude he's a sweet guy i love him he's great he's 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 become a really good friend of mine and uh like i i, I he's love the reason ralph. I, I mean i was gonna go anyway but he was the reason i got in with a press badge at uh at uh at, at granite con he was just great I, 
Yeah, hands down, he's like one of the best comic shop owners. Like, yeah, I love the guy. Um, but you know, I I just wanted that history to to stay out there. Um, yeah, in the east. But essentially, what what spawned my uh, desire to turn it into an exhibit was the difficulty in having people see the exhibit or yeah. see the negatives. Yeah, when I had them at Granite in like 2019. Um, number one, uh, like if you don't have light behind the negatives, they're really tough to see. It's just black like and clear, right? Like like a negative of an old camera, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's either black or it's clear. Yeah. Like that. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, they're big sheets of yellow paper, and that's the other reason is they're kind of unwieldy, right? Like you have to have a huge, huge. table. Yeah. They're very big. There's you know essentially five huge sets of uh, eight negatives. And they're hard to see all at once. And it, even if you find a place like the hotel in uh, 2019 was trying to kick me out of the bar. Like they were <laughs> like, you can't you can't be showing this stuff here. And I was like, man, I'm not doing anything. But. Um, so it was, essentially, I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to display these to the general public. And it has to be something that is spectacular. It can't be, you know. Um, just putting them in a frame. They have to come to life. Yeah. And so I started doing a ton of research on um, like poster boxes, light boxes, things like that. And I came across a company that made custom light boxes. And they, um, I started talking with them about, you know, what I was wanting to do. And I said, here's the thing. It can't be anything that would damage the negatives. Right? Sure. So yeah, it's. I mean, I I can't really have. Um, you know, you know, the negatives themselves probably wouldn't be too damaged by light because that's essentially what the negatives were used for was to shine light through them. Um, so the negatives wouldn't be damaged by light, but the paper around them might be. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had to come up with LED light um source. You know, something that uh, would last a long time because I don't want to keep doing this over and over. So anyway, working with them, um, I finally was able to source these light boxes in the size that I felt would uh, work. I did not want to cut the negatives down at all. Um, so uh, so I got these light boxes, right? So now I've got these light boxes, but man, I've got five light boxes and they're gorgeous. The problem is, how do I get these places? Yeah. So, I called Pelican Cases, and they referred me to a consultant. They gave me a, pro a essentially a project manager, um, and they designed a military-grade hardy case for the negatives. And then there's a place in Denver uh, called Atlas Case, and um, they—that's uh, who I work with to make this custom case. It has custom foam. And so the entire exhibit, including all the easels, all the power supplies, all the frames, um, everything you need goes into this uh, five foot by three foot um, massive case. It weighs two hundred pounds. Wow! When it's all when it's all loaded, right? But it's uh, airtight. It's watertight. Um, it is. Uh, it it is the way that uh, I wanted this to be. Right? Yeah, and it looks so cool. The only problem is, it doesn't uh, doesn't fly. It doesn't uh, mm -hmm. like you. It's way too heavy um, because it's not caught. Like so, UPS essentially wants like thousands of dollars to get this anywhere. But the problem is, I don't want it out of my possession. Sure. Yeah. I mean, hell no. So I talked to United Airlines, and they said, "Well, how much are these worth?" And I said, "Well, I mean, I don't know." But I mean, it's it's got to be they're literally priceless. And they said, well, priceless or not, if it's over twenty five thousand dollars, you have to have armed security to receive it at the other end. And I'm like, what? So when I was going to get them out to Granite in, in uh, last year, uh, I said, well, what would that cost me to have armed security and all this stuff? Right? <laughs> And uh, it turned out it was going to be, you know, thousands of dollars to get these stupid things out to uh, the East Coast. But then I got the problem of 
when I when they arrive in Boston, I got to find a big enough truck. Yeah, I got to have a hand cart to get this. And so I just decided I was going to buy myself a truck. And I was these are going to these are going to go over the road wherever. Uh, so wherever the exhibit is going to be set up, it has to be over the road and I have to bring it. There's just like there's no other logistics uh, solution right now. Um, maybe in the future, but uh, right now it's just too expensive to do. So I, I drove them in September from Denver, which is where where the where I live, uh, all the way to uh, the East Coast. It was a round trip. I want to say it's forty forty four hundred miles. <laughs> How many how many times have you displayed it so far? Once. Oh wow. Okay. Once. So now that the exhibit's out there, I've been working with. Um, I, I've been working to try to get this exhibit at, at bigger cons. Um, sure. But what I'm running into is uh, New York Comic Con, for instance. They've said, you know what? There just isn't room at our uh, Comic Con for a display like this, right? So um, they've declined. Um, That's nice. I, yeah, it it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've been like they have so much crap there. They 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 could like that's just their like. Sorry, no, thank you. I yeah. I mean, it it's sad. I mean, I wish that you know. Um, I'm kind of late in the con game uh, for 2023, so all the contacts. I I'm trying to you know go where Kevin's going. Sure, that and, makes sense. Um, yes. Most of the shows have said. Uh, no thanks. Uh, we don't have budget. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, here's but, a question. Don't mind asking, and, and forgive me if you don't want me to answer this. Like, how do you, like, you've already spent thousands on this, right? And like, y- y- people just look at them. You're like, I didn't pay a cover charge to look at them. So, like, what, like, what's in it for you? Like, how do you, like, how do you practically make this work for yourself? Well, so, so there's a cost, right? So, I mean, yeah. this is, so. Um, the debut of them at uh, GraniteCon. I mean that the guys um, Scott and Chris that that run uh, GraniteCon and Double Midnight. Um, those guys are the best. Like, um, I I called them. Yeah, I I I called I called them, uh, emailed them. Um, you know, early last year, I said, listen, I'm working on this exhibit. I'm working on making the negatives into an exhibit, but. I kind of need a, I need a place to practice, right? I got to figure out the logistics of traveling it. And I said, I can't think of a better way to figure out the logistics than to travel it like all the way across the country. Yeah. So I said, would you guys, if you guys are willing, would you let me set it up there? Um, And they were like, yeah, totally. So, um, so that's how that came. Right. So, but now, um, yeah, I mean, there's a cost. I mean, this is not cheap to get. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, some some shows like uh, you know Planet Comic Con, um, they just don't have the budget. They said, you know, which is fine because you know I'm late in the game this year. But what we're hoping to do is to get these out for the 40th anniversary next year of Ninja Turtles number one. So this, oh, nice. you know. Um, we're trying to get some type of tour together, um, get some interest from some really big shows. Um, so far, we're not having a ton of luck. Like I said, uh, some of the bigger shows are like, yeah, we don't have room, but I don't really think they understand the magnitude of what these are. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. Like I, I, I'll say this, like I, there's a moment, like I was at Granite Con and this thing is beautiful, but there was a solid, like, like minute where I was like, wait, what is this? And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit. This yeah. is amazing. But like, I, if, if it's not like, I, I, so I, I could see that could there be get, that could be a struggle where it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm sure other people will be selling copies of issue one. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think it's funny because there's still, um, there's still quite a bit of doubt. Like people are like, so what are these? And how do you know this? Um, but um, it, it, I, I get, essentially what I tell them is like, give me five minutes and you, you, you will believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, that's what I, that's what happened with me. And I was like, because you and Peyton, uh, your friend Peyton Holland, I, I, who um, helped, was helping run the thing there, explained it to me. Right. And I was like, holy. And then I spent like a good 
30 minutes looking at the thing because it was just astounding. So yeah, like it's um like when when you see them and you're like, well, what is this? And like, yeah. how did you prove that? And blah, but I mean, it just takes a little bit of uh, time. Talk with me um, yeah. because I'll, I'll eliminate any doubt that you have. Oh, yeah. Because I have spent extensive amount of time researching these. And um, I don't know if uh, you saw, but the um, there was a newspaper when we were back. Uh, Peyton and I were back east um, with the exhibit. We were wanting to bring the exhibit back to the Journal Tribune um, oh. and just you know, say essentially, hey, the negatives are returning after what, 38, 39 years. They're returning back to the Journal Tribune. Unfortunately, the Journal Tribune that we didn't know is no longer um, uh, a paper, right? So they don't, so it's no longer, uh, uh, so where they used to print it, the building is now owned by the Department of Health and Human Services, right? So it's a federal government building. Sure. But when we were looking for that building, uh, the printing plant, we met, um, we stopped by a, a, a building that said it was the uh, the old Journal Tribune. Well, we met a guy and that guy was like, you know what? This is incredible. This would be a great human interest story. And yeah. so he, um, they, so they did, they wrote an article. It's on my website. Um, it was printed in the paper. Um, it out, it was back in, uh, I think October, November, maybe. But yeah, they, they wrote a whole article about how the negatives, the Ninja Turtles, returned to Biddeford, Maine. And um, it, it was just incredible. And so um, I guess I, I guess I can talk about this. Um, so long, <laughs> I, I've, I've been wanting to do something special for the 40th anniversary, not just to bring this exhibit, but the only way to reproduce Ninja Turtles number one exactly as it exists is with these negatives. And that's because all the page anomalies, right? So I am working to get a reprint of Ninja Turtles number one done from these negatives. Um, We're going to try to get it done uh, in the East Coast. And we're gonna to try to use the printer that is the partner printer um, for um, the Journal Tribune the, after they went out of business. So um, it, there's a lot of legal hurdles and um, things, but uh, that's the, that the aim is to have some t- uh, a reprint that we would do on newsprint, which is never done anymore. Yeah. Right? We do it just like the original, as close as we can. Um, it's the only way to make the, the Ninja Turtles one, number one, just like it was made. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's that's something I'm working on. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot in the pipeline with that, but um, you know, if we are able to get that done, then uh, I would guess that. Uh, there might be some more interest in the exhibit and maybe sure. New York, maybe New York Comic Con changed their mind when they find that uh, the only way to get this uh, uh, reprint of number one is to have it at your show. Yeah, so, for sure. But, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. That's it's honestly it's uh, it would be a massive project. It'd be huge. It's a huge undertaking. But uh, um I, I hope that uh, we can get it done through uh, Viacom, IDW. Um, that's in the works. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I mean, uh, for those, um, I mean, for those of us who are in a, a Granite Con, uh, uh, you know, keep an eye out because I mean, like, this is it's amazing to see in person. It really is that like uh, w- having you and Peyton kind of explain it to me, and I was like, wow, this is astounding as a Turtles fan, as like a lifelong Turtles fan. Like, it was just. It, it, to like see a piece of turtle history like in person that close was amazing. So it is like they they are they they are literal pieces of comic book history that yeah. shouldn't ex- that shouldn't exist, right? Like I said, they they yeah. they wouldn't keep the negatives around for long. They might keep them for a year or two, but not stripped in their flats like that. They would take them out out of the flat, throw the flat away, and then keep the negatives for a little while, and then they just throw the negatives away later. Yeah, like the fact that these have survived and they've survived fully laid out, like they were plated, 
is uh like it's it's just uh it's the most incredible thing i can think of in comic book history and and to be able to have these at, around i just it's unbelievable. These were responsible for printing nearly 10,000 copies of the book. The first 10,000, like 9,275. How many how many were in the first run? So originally it was it was thought that 3,000 were done, but on Peter Laird's blog, he found a letter where they had they had printed actually 3,275 of the first print. Okay. And then we know that the second printing was 6,000 copies. Okay, so, I have a third printing somewhere. So, but yeah, that's, and that change. Third printing was fifteen thousand. Yeah. Okay, I I think that I think that's right. Yeah. So, you know, um, you you've essentially got the negatives that were used, um, and, and the the other interesting part about the first and second printing is they're just one. They were done one month apart. Oh like, wow! So typically, you know, so um, it was uh, May. 1984, and I think June 1984 is the second printing, mm. right? And that's what's so significant about the first and second printings is that the third printing was done a year later. It's actually 1985. So when did they start drawing issue one? Um, it was uh, early it, 1980 or late 1983. Was uh, it okay? Like that first turtle drawing that Kevin, you know, like that was 83. Kevin, that was 83, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 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 pretty sure that uh, like uh, the gobbledygook uh, books, you know, that they did, they photocopied that uh, had the ad for Ninja Turtles number one. I think that was, um, I think, essentially 1983. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, Ninja Turtles number one was released in May in 1984. So um, the second printing was June 1984. Right. And it corresponds right along with the uh, Ninja Turtles number two, which was like uh, right around the same time frame as the second printing. So, but yeah, I've sourced during my um, all my research, I've sourced where the first four issues were printed. Um, and oh, all okay. the print. I know the printers, I know the places they were printed, and all, all that's been validated by Team Eastman, Fiona, uh, Kevin. They're like, yep, yeah, that's that's where all this stuff was printed. So, yeah, it's uh, tons of history. Um, like I said, on my website, you, you can read all of the articles about, you know, everything I've been talking about. If, if you just can't get enough about the natives, then you can read it's about really it. It's really cool. It's it's I, it does not disappoint. I'll tell you that um, you. So you've been a, a longtime comic collector, you said, uh, for Turtles. And you, do you yeah. have, you're saying you have everything. You have like, like the ongoing IDW stuff. The everything. Yeah, I. Hello, Anthony. One shot. Whatever. You have all that stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Like I, I have, I have rare prototypes. I have, uh, I have uh, essentially anything you can think of. The, the the one thing I don't have is a Turtle Mania goal, and that's uh, that's one of the ones that was a uh, ten. It was uh, from 19, like I want to say 86, I think. And um, there were three editions made. There's a white edition. There's a silver edition that uh, was limited to 100. And then there was a gold edition that was uh, just 10 copies. Um, what is it? I don't, I don't have one of those. That, 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 that has eluded me my whole life. But. What is it? Turtle what? I'm sorry. Turtle Mania. And it's the gold edition. There were only 10 made. Is and, it the one with uh, Mikey on the cover where he's like in a Hawaiian? Yeah, in the in a sun lounge, like a yeah, lounge I love that chair. Image. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so that's Turtle Mania. That was an event that was done by uh, a guy that owned Metropolis Comics in Florida. Okay, and so he did that event, and um, but even though I don't have the Turtle Mania gold, I do have two silvers. So right, right. I have two, but I don't have the Turtle Mania gold. But I do have one of the original covers that was. Um, from the original print run of Turtle Mania. So oh, I got wow. that from, uh, I just recently got that uh, last year from a collector um, that ha was at the Turtle Mania exhibit. He wanted a Turtle Mania gold and they were like, ah, sorry, that edition sold out. But he's like, here, I have some covers for you. And oh, so wow. he gave him the cover of a silver and a gold. 
so I actually have the cover stop. <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool. That's the next best thing. That's all I could. Uh, all that's all I could get. No, I IDW is kind of known for like you know having three, five, ten, twenty covers for a comic. Do you right. get every single one of those things? Every single one. <laughs> There's and and it's um, like it's it's a constant uh, chase. I mean that's kind of what a lot of us uh, collectors that get everything. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, that's kind of part of the fun. I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Like right now, we're struggling with um, like last Ronan lost years number one. Um, there's a few variants on there that are kind of a mystery. Like there's a whatnot variant, and oh wow, there's a like they just haven't appeared yet. Right. And, you know, with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, Ninja Turtles, there's uh, some variants on there that haven't appeared yet. So, but, you know, mm-hmm. if I've learned anything, you just hang out long enough, they'll show up. <laughs> People don't make them to just sit in a warehouse. They they end up going somewhere. Uh, you know, last thing I'll ask you is, um, who's your favorite turtle? Well, I would say my favorite is Leo. Okay. Um, was always my favorite, um, but I, I think my second favorite is probably Raphael. Um, I never like Mikey was never um, like a huge favorite. He was too silly for me. Like I didn't, I didn't like that silliness. And I actually like the original Turtles versus the animated. But um, and then Donatello, he's probably my third favorite. So yeah, but Leo, I always liked his leadership. I liked. Uh, and I thought the sword was pretty cool when I was a kid. Cool. But, no, yeah, yeah. They, he definitely has the pick of the weapons. That's for sure. So, yeah. Rich, it's been a pleasure. Uh, tell us where again to find everything. Yeah, so you can uh, go to my website, tmnt-ninjaturtles.com. It's uh, TMNT a co- a Collection. Just Google that and you'll find it. I've got a store. Um, buy all your Turtles books from me. I, I get... Tons and tons of turtle books, so I gotta sell them somehow because I've got books all over my house and uh, warehouse. And it's crazy. Oh, I got but a few gaps them. I need to fill. So my goal is not—I want to get everything, but like one of everything. Like I don't—I like I don't even care if it's a graphic novel. I just want to make sure I've been able to read it. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, it's it's, it's fun to see the turtles so prominent again. So oh yeah, right. It's, uh, it's been a good run. Rich, I will uh, hopefully our paths will cross again soon at granite con or for the 40th or whatever but uh again whenever things whenever they can start to get out there people turtle fans check it out because it's pretty pretty damn amazing so thanks again rich and uh again for putting all this all together for the fans because it's it's extraordinary so yeah well thanks for having me i really uh really look forward to getting this exhibit out more uh, uh hopefully on the west coast here too yeah absolutely all right take, take care time. brian bye-bye bye Leonardo leads Donatello Dust Machine. Raphael is cool but rude. Give me a break. Michelangelo is a party dude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.